Welcome to Third Floor Views, where we at Chesapeake Family Life talk about health, education, and living with kids. I'm your host, Janet Jefferson. Here with us today is Jessica Smith Hebron. She is the Acting Executive Director of Prince George's African American Museum and Cultural Center. Thank you for being here today, Jessica. Welcome. Today we are discussing Juneteenth. Let's jump right in. Let's start with the history of Juneteenth. What happened on June 19th, 1865? Okay, well, happy Juneteenth, everybody. <laughs> it's a beautiful holiday, and I'm so happy that the whole world seems to be celebrating Juneteenth, which has not always been the case. Usually, there have been many, many different Juneteenth celebrations that have happened all over the country, but Juneteenth started on June 19th. 1865 in Galveston, Texas. And it's an Emancipation Day, which are very, those are very, very special holidays in African-American history and the African-American community because, and, and not just African-American, actually just anywhere where there are African people because of colonization, slavery, just all kinds of things. Any place where people need to be freed and Emancipation Day is a holiday to be celebrated. So June 19th, 1865 in Galveston, Texas, the African-Americans who were enslaved, they were still working for free on the plantations. They did not get the message that the Emancipation Proclamation had you know, come out and that other people in other areas of, of the country were already experiencing their emancipation. So these Texans were the last to know. And I don't know about you, but I don't like being the last to know anything. No. So especially if I've been working for free for generations, 400 years, I don't want to, I wouldn't have wanted to do that any, a second extra than I had to. So, um, so when the African Americans, our ancestors found out that they were free, then June 19th became the official celebration and commemoration for many years to come. Now, many other states have their own emancipation, Texas being the last, but just since we're talking about Chesapeake family life, Maryland's Emancipation Day is November 1st, 1864. And so we celebrate and we will be celebrating Juneteenth today and always, and we're getting excited about Maryland's Emancipation Day that's happening on November 1st, coming up November 1st, 2020. So I think that What's exciting about Emancipation Days, Juneteenth, and many others, is that, you know, you hear people calling it Freedom Day or Jubilee Day, Ju Juneteenth Jubilee, Juneteenth Jamboree, Liberation Day, and of course, Emancipation Day. The reason it's so important is because it celebrates true independence. It's so, you know, we, we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, Fourth of July is coming up in just a couple of weeks. And so why is that not the thing that people get, you know, you, we, we celebrate it, but it's not, it wasn't for African-Americans. They were still working on that day. And I don't know if you've ever had to work on a day that everybody was off, but it's, it's not a great thing. So just imagine doing that for hundreds and hundreds of years and also not getting paid. It's not a paid day off. You know, you weren't getting paid in the first place. Right. So this Juneteenth, of course, is, particularly special and all the Juneteenths that I've celebrated 
this one has a particular, I think this will go down in history as I'm seeing the most virtual celebrations, obviously because of COVID-19. Right. But that what that has done is spread it virally in a way that we could not have happened if it was just going to a festival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we talked a little bit about you know why we celebrate Juneteenth opposed to being quite as excited about 4th of July, but why is Juneteenth the date that's chosen opposed to other important emancipation dates, like when the Emancipation Proclamation was written or when it was actually went into effect, or even the 13th Amendment when that was passed and ratified, um, or even more uh, some of the other big Civil War dates about when Lee surrendered or even when Richmond fell? Why June 19th? especially if it happened in one little place out in, in Texas? I think, here's my answer. There, I've heard a quote, and I don't know who said this quote, so I'm not taking credit for this quote. It's, and I've seen this on, on many different social media platforms where they said, um, nobody's free till all of us are free. And I think that with Juneteenth having it was the biggest celebration. I mean, Texas, you know, they say, you know, Texas does everything big. It was the last to know, but also the biggest celebrations historically have happened in Texas for Juneteenth. I mean, they really, really do an awesome job with parades and church services and baseball games and pageants and and marches. They have like a full spectrum of programs that are not just taking place on one day, but almost, I would beg to say, almost throughout the month. And now we're seeing in the state of Maryland and other places, we're finding, I'm getting these emails from left and right that banks are off now for Juneteenth and and people are are making an official holiday where, you know, African-American holidays traditionally have always had to fight to have reverence on the U.S. calendar. For example, on my Google calendar, every year during Kwanzaa, it's finally now I'm seeing it recognized as a national holiday. It's recognized as a national holiday, but seeing it on the calendar, seeing it recognized, seeing schools, making sure that they're not just celebrating like Christmas or just New Year's or Halloween. I'm starting to see Africa, and I think in the future, I predict we're going to see more African-American holidays on, on the calendar. Definitely. So, so that's, I think to answer your question, it's so big because they were the last to know, but also I think because the 4th of July is not really emancipation for anybody, not for Black people, and Black people built the country. So it's like, how are you celebrating if we're still working for free? So that's why I think it's such a big deal. And and I, I'm excited about how even more huge the celebration is getting in places that weren't celebrating it before. Right, right. What, just to sort of bring it back local, what was happening in Maryland at the time of sort of the end of the Civil War? So June 19th, summer of 1865, what was going on at this time locally? Well, okay, so remember 186 November 1st 1864 African Americans in Maryland had already gotten their emancipation right and this is where the museum comes in so I can tell you about Prince George's County and Prince George's County the first incorporated township for African Americans is 
the town of North Brentwood. And that's where I'm sitting here at the museum right now. This is where the museum is located. This is the land that it was specifically chosen to be on because it was the first incorporated town for African-Americans. So what we're going to talk about now is what happened. You know, we all talk about, oh, we're celebrating freedom. But what happens after someone is emancipated? What do you do after that? Um, you know, you even think about, you know, you you talk about emancipation, you can talk even about someone who was incarcerated, their road back to normalcy or their new normal when they've never had it before. So people did a lot of things. African Americans, one of the first things they did was they went to go search for their family members that were sold off to other plantations. That is one of the reasons that a lot of family reunions happen in the summertime. It's not just because it's hot and it's great for cookout weather, but also, you know, after Juneteenth, a lot of African Americans went to go find their family members. Another, and it took a while to get to them because you know there was no, you know, Uber, <laughs> you know, right. or plane. So you had to, you had a long way to go. Another thing was establishing they, a, a sense of work. So there was sharecropping. There was a different ways that they were working. Some that still were not fair. Right. And the other thing that was happening is the policing and the police brutality that we see that's happening in 2020, some of that has always been happening with African-American life, but a lot of that, when we actually became free, we were still being policed, policed for many different foolish, unnecessary reasons, still under the control, like, okay, you're free, but I'm still going to treat you then half, you know, like half of, not, not, not like a human being. Right. So, People were rebuilding, I wouldn't even say rebuilding, they were building communities. They were rebuilding their families and establishing new family traditions. They were creating, you know, churches were, were official churches and things like that. Other lands, incorporated towns where African Americans were happening. And that is exciting to me for the reason that when you talk about celebrating freedom, it's not just like, woo, we're free. I mean, you had to have somewhere to go. Right. And something to do. Some people did choose to stay on the plantations and work because they didn't know anything else and, and were kind of afraid to figure out like, well, what is my, I don't know who I am without being a slave. Right. And so I think now in 2020, even though technically, you know, emancipation happened, you know, years ago, hundreds of years ago, that people are still trying to figure out how do I express my freedom when I still feel enslaved in many ways, I'm still not being treated or, you know, my, my brothers and my sisters are still not being treated fairly. Parents talk about family. Parents of, of black children are like happy to have the child, but terrified to bring their children into this world. And then the ones who are born for parents, whether they be black, white, Latino, Asian, because their children, you can't not see what's happening on the news. They're having to have the conversations with their children that they may not have been ready to have, but are being forced to have the conversations about what happens when you go outside. How do you, we call it the talk. How do you protect yourself? How do you not get yourself in the line of police danger, even though you could just be doing nothing and it happens? So parenting has become from just showing your children how to tie their shoes and be potty chained and ride their bike and say their ABCs to learning how to make children that are not racist, children who are proud of their black culture, children who understand 
how to truly be an upstander when when racism is happening. And this is happening when they're five and three and six, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's an interesting space to be in as a parent. But I think that's why it's so important that there are resources um, like the museum. So let's talk about the museum for a minute. What is the museum doing to celebrate? Well, we actually, you know, we're on Zoom right now. So we have a Zoom that we just completed earlier this morning with Omar Eaton Martinez, who is the Assistant Division Chief at Maryland Park and Planning in the area of history and culture. And he, they, uh, Maryland Park and Planning has this amazing virtual uh, Juneteenth program that's happening right now. We are getting prepared for, we've been doing virtual programs called Pride of Place every week that celebrate people who it's like a love virtual love letter to Prince George's County and so we've been celebrating the freedom to live in this beautiful county that we live in um, Prince George's County is so wonderful because of the fact that we have so much black history to be, to be proud of and it's a beautiful county and so we're interviewing people who are either natives of the county or maybe not natives but came to the county and chose to settle here very similar to our ancestors who made a decision to settle in Prince George's County and how that has affected their lives um, celebrating what they love about Prince George's County and also predicting the future of what's going to happen in 2020. And today's interview, which is going to be released, is talking about, Omar was speaking very wonderfully about the fact that he feels like in 20 years, the, the face of Prince George's County will be that Juneteenth will be celebrated all over the county and there will be all kinds of accessible celebrations that really, really help to to raise the consciousness of our people. I just think it's so great that we have a parks and recreation system that is socially conscious and doesn't just do, you know, swimming pools and parks, but make sure that the people are being educated. Uh, for us, we're, I'm so excited about this. So it's my, I'm, I'm new as the um, acting as the interim director and, you know, you never know when social justice things will pop off. So I'm coming into this position in a very, unique time in our museum's history. We just turned, uh, we're just finishing celebrating our 10th anniversary. And now we are in the middle of a movement. And it's exciting because this is, this is what, you know, when you read history books, when we look back on this, we can talk about what, what we, where we were when the movement happened. Right. So, okay, so back to what we're doing. Sorry, I'm just telling No, you. no, I love it. I love it. Living history. It's, it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, like, before, before I came to the museum as the acting executive director, I was in the education department, and I wrote the first early childhood children's curriculum for Black history, Prince George's Black history for the museum, and I taught it throughout the county. And so, it's like we taught them about the history, but now we've got something that's happening right now that will be history, but right now it's like present and future, and we can engage in that way. So a couple of things. If you go on our website, um, on the Early Keepers tab, I believe it's called, or the Education tab, you can see each, each month we put out a arts and craft project that's related to Prince George's African-American history and culture. Oh, that's um, great. Father's Day is coming up, so I have a lesson plan. Uh, for children to learn about fame, the marvelous men of Prince George's County, to celebrate the marvelous men. I wish I would have created a craft so you could see it, but it's a little book that we created on powerful people from Prince George's County, like our first African-American county executive and some other, other powerful people like Kevin Durant, a famous basketball player who came from Prince George's County, and Edward Burroughs, who's our youngest county, what do you call it, 
on the county council for the Board of Education and others so they can make a, a necktie for their dad featuring these powerful guys. And you can download that right from the website along with a, a little book that teaches, mini book that teaches you about them. That's a great homeschool lesson. Also, each month we'll have another one. And then there's one for Memorial Day that was for May. Okay, so now, in on Tuesday, April, uh, oh, it's not April. <laughs> on Tuesday, June 23rd, mm -hmm. we are having Bridging the Brentwoods, a March for the Movement. And this is a partnership between the Prince George's African American Museum, the town of North Brentwood, where we are currently, and also Brentwood and the town of Brentwood. So there's Brentwood and then there's the town of Brentwood. And historically, the town of Brentwood and North, and North Brentwood, they were kind of segregated sides of town and they have obviously, long time ago, came together. And so we're having this march as a demonstration of the solidarity between the two. The NAACP is a part of the march. Of course, it's a peaceful protest. We're gonna have a wonderful vigil for the, the people who were slain. That's gonna be performance art performed by myself and two of the staff members at the museum, which I'm really excited about because you know, when you work behind the scenes in the museum, you don't really get to see what the staff is doing. So I wanted them to kind of, you know, be out up front. So the march is going to be great. It's going to start at Bartland Park and end, the rally will end at the museum and we have special guests. We are right now as we speak decorating the museum to get it ready because we're closed on the inside right now. So that's why we've been doing all of these virtual programs that you can see every Friday. You can see them on our Facebook page. You can see them on YouTube and on Instagram. We've had some virtual tours and things like that, but we're getting ready for the opening. But I guess now because of the March, we had to hurry up and get ready because the people are coming and you know what happens when you have guests come over. <laughs> Time to clean up. So, yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then moving forward, we have other Pride of Place interviews um, that are coming up. But you know, when you do Black history work, like it's Black history every day. So everything we do was an act of resistance. Everything that we do is keeping this museum alive and going and open for the people is part of the day-to-day -day revolution. So when we get the, the, the Black holidays, we can celebrate those and that's just icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. But we're doing this work, every this hard work every single day. Right, right. So thinking about how families can celebrate and thinking about the summer and moving even into the fall, it sounds like the museum's really busy and has a lot of amazing resources for families, especially thinking specifically about the power of Black history in the area and how it is sort of a hub of of really strong Black communities dating back hundreds of years. What are some other things that families can do to celebrate or things that the museum is doing to provide for families in the upcoming, I'm going to say months, so thinking about summer and into the fall? Well, every, every month we release a, a craft project. So for mm -hmm. virtually every month we release a craft, craft project from our curriculum that originally was not made for the public. It was for the schools and things that we work with, but we're mm. releasing those every month. So we just started that two months ago. So you've got, you know, 12 months of, of program of projects. Pretty soon when we open, we'll go back to our virtual, I mean, our in-person mm -hmm. children's programs called Early Keepers, which we've always had a wonderful attendance. I'll just tell you something. I'm, I'm being the first uh, teaching artist for Early Keepers 10 years ago. I can tell you the coolest thing about Early Keepers is the places that we've gotten to take Black history. So we've 
done it in schools, which of course you kind of expect that you do it in Prince George's County Schools. But what a lot of people don't know about the Prince George's African American Museum's Early Keepers Program is that we've also performed and had those programs monthly at the mall at Prince George's. We have, we're not doing it anymore right now, but in the past, we've been able to have them right in center court where Santa Claus will be and the Easter Bunny. And so you could be shopping at Macy's and then come get your, daily, your weekly dose of black history for children. We would have crafts and story time to teach them about different topics in the uh -huh. subject of Prince George's African-American history. We also have that at the library. So under my reign <laughs> as acting director, I'm hoping to bring those things back. Obviously, with COVID-19 concerns, we're going to have to rethink how we do some of these things. Mm -hmm. But what does not change is that the content can get out there and we're working with the staff to come up with new and exciting programs. I want to also recommend some books. Yes. I have, and I, I did not bring them to work today, but I have them, I, I'm, I'll share them with you. So the first one for parents is Juneteenth Jamboree. This is a really colorful book that you can read your children. Even though Juneteenth will be over in a couple of hours, you can just get this book and have it in your library because people are going to be celebrating Juneteenth all week. And you can just read this book. It's great for the summer and for whenever. So Juneteenth Jamboree is by Carol Boston Weatherford and it's illustrated by Yvonne Buchanan. That's an awesome, awesome, awesome book about the celebration in Texas, in Galveston, Texas. I really highly recommend that book. I actually just had a program this morning with the Prince George's Library, Memorial Library System, where I read the book aloud and also demonstrated some Juneteenth cooking crafts that children can do at home. So if you can check out their website, you can see that program. Tomorrow, I will be also releasing that on Busboys and Poets website as well so that you can see it. Uh, we have a Rising Rhyme program on Monday at 6 p.m. and Saturday at 10 a.m. So if you missed it, then you can see it again. I'll be releasing it again so people can see it. Secondly, the other book that I just think is marktastic is it's called Juneteenth for Maisie. Now, this is the book that I recommend for the early childhood crew. The first book I recommend it is for maybe, everybody can read every book, but one of these books is longer. Juneteenth Jamboree is longer. Juneteenth for Maisie is about a preschooler who is upset because she can't do things like all the other kids. So she's got a bedtime. There's certain things she can't do because of her age. And in the book, the author kind of weaves a story about understanding what it's like to not have your freedom and then what it feels like when you do have your freedom and what do you do with your freedom. But it's in a very age-appropriate way. These two books that I picked are my top picks for age-appropriate books that you can engage with your children as a family, you can enjoy them together. I personally think children's books are great for adults too, because it gets to the point and you can enjoy the illustrations because I like books with pictures, even though I'm <laughs> Absolutely, me too. <laughs> secondly, okay, so here's something else you can do at home. Juneteenth has special colors. So the colors of Texas, Texas are red, white, and blue. So you might see red, white, and blue decorations if you see some of the Juneteenth celebrations in Texas. There's also a Juneteenth flag that has red, white, and blue, but it's, it's a black power flag too. But this flag right here is the Pan-African flag, and it represents red for the blood that was shed by the ancestors so that we can have our freedom, black for the people, and green for the land. Now, the red is what sticks out because in Juneteenth, you're eating a lot of red foods, you know, you're celebrating with red. So things like watermelon, um, you can make a watermelon 
uh, just think of all the red foods, watermelon, cherries, whatever's red. You can make a kebab and let the children also make in Juneteenth. I made Juneteenth juice at home and I just mixed all the different red fruits and made a Juneteenth juice because usually you're supposed to drink like a red soda or something like mm-hmm. that but to keep it healthy, a red smoothie. But also another thing I want them to do is they can't do the craft and not learn about the history. Right. So I want to be very careful that we're going to read the book first. Then we're going to, you know, celebrate June, have a Juneteenth celebration, you know, cook out foods, you know, things like that. But we're going to read the book. We can learn in the book about the history. There's, there's different Black children's music that can be played, many different artists that have, including myself, Black children's music that can be listened to that's age appropriate, that celebrates history and freedom. Things like that, listening to the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. I have a children's version of that um, on my children's album, I Like the Me I See, that I think is really fun for children to listen to. And finally, honoring the ancestors. So that would mean children learning about famous people, or not even famous people, people from their area, you know, that come from uh, where they're from that have made an impact on Black history and honoring them on that day. Um, those are some of the things that they can do to celebrate and have fun with Juneteenth and making Juneteenth cards, calling family and saying, happy Juneteenth. Did you know what Juneteenth is? And letting them tell their family members, you know, this is what it is. Send a Juneteenth email. You know, they can, just like you would do for a Christmas card, they can jazz it up. You know, you can have some decorations in the house and say, we're celebrating freedom and, you know, things like that. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. There's so much that you gave us in terms of resources and history, and it's perfect for families. And the fact that, you know, PG County is right there, easy access, quick drive from almost anywhere in Maryland. It's a great place to to go and visit. So we'll make sure that we get up all those resources on the website as well. But thank you so much, Jessica Smith-Hebron, for being here with us today to address all of our questions about Juneteenth and to give us some really fabulous resources. We love to hear your thoughts, comments, and questions. If you enjoyed what you heard today, check out more at thirdfloorviews.com. I'm Jenna Jefferson. This is Third Floor Views. Thank you for listening.